You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. Before we get to this week's episode of Assembly Call Radio, let's talk real quick about tickets. You know, I was just at Hoosier Hysteria this past weekend, and it reminded me about why it's so important to be places in person. Because I'm telling you, that the light show, the projection, hearing the ovation for Romeo and Juwan, there's something special about being there and experiencing that in person. And that is magnified during the season. We know there will be great atmospheres in Bloomington for games this year. The Marquette game, the Louisville game, so many big Big Ten matchups. You're going to want to be there in person. And the best way to do that is to go to SeatGeek and use SeatGeek to buy your tickets. You know, SeatGeek was designed from the ground up to make the ticket buying experience easier than ever because you and I both know that depending on what site you go to, it can be kind of a pain. And so what SeatGeek does is they actually search multiple ticket sites, they grade every ticket based on value, and it helps you to immediately identify the best seats that can fit your budget and every purchase is fully guaranteed. So you can shop with confidence which really helps out. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's what I use when I need you know, sports tickets, concert tickets, really tickets to any type of live event. And that's why I recommend that you use it too. And best of all, listeners of the Assembly Call get $20 off of your first SeatGeek purchase. So just download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code ASSEMBLY, that's promo code ASSEMBLY, and you will get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event, we have the tickets. And now, here's this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important IU basketball stories from the past seven days. This is our 96th edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 428th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of Thursday, October 4th, 2018. I am your host, Jared Morris. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. This week's banner moment occurred on Monday when Don Fisher made his weekly appearance on the Dan Dockett show. Fisher made a couple of comments that really caught my ear. First, he singled out Jake Forrester for high praise due to his energy and athleticism. He also compared Forrester's work ethic to Zach McRoberts, who, as you may recall, was introduced at Hoosier Hysteria as, quote, the hardest working man in college basketball. Now, why does this matter? Well, because Fish has seen a lot of great players don the cream and crimson. He knows what to look for, and he doesn't just pass out praise too lightly. I still remember Fish saying that Juwan Morgan had a chance to be one of the, quote, special players to play at Indiana University, and that was prior to Juwan's sophomore year, when no one was talking about him in those terms. The other comment Fish made, and this one might be even more important, is that he can't remember an IU team with this combination of size and depth since the 1975 squad. And look, 
anytime you were mentioned in the same sentence with that team, something is really going right. Now, no one thinks this year's Hoosier squad is going to go undefeated in the regular season, but Fisher's comment does reinforce the drastic roster makeover that Archie has completed in less than 18 months on the job. X's and O's are important, but you still need the Jimmys and the Joes to compete for banners. And no less an authority than the great Don Fisher clearly thinks Indiana is, at the very least, back on the path toward competing for one someday again in the near future. Okay, now let me introduce my esteemed co-host for this week's show. To my left, it is not the Sean McVay of Girls Youth Sports Coaching in Cincinnati, the President Emeritus of the Robert Johnson Fan Club, and one of the world's best bracketologists. No, Andy Bottoms has the night off to attend the Chris Stapleton concert with his wife, and if you close your eyes, you can probably see he and Jen swaying and singing along to Tennessee whiskey right now. Used to spend my nights Let's go live to Andy right now for a report on the concert. Andy, how is it? This is fun. Hey, put Jen on the phone. I want to talk to her. Dude, would you let them have their night? He ought to be fired. Oh, jeez. All right, good Lord, you two. Well, filling in for Andy tonight, he's a 10-year high school head coach in Indiana who is currently an assistant coach at Western High School. He is the host of Sports Talk with Tonsoni, the founder of the Delphi Bracketology Club, and clearly someone who is angling to be the first president of the Archie Miller Fan Club. Look at me, I'm Archie Miller. I really, really like Archie Miller. I have a mad crush on Archie Miller, and I trust Archie. Thank you. He is the coach, Brian Tonsoni. Coach, what's on your mind this week? Hello, everyone. It's it's good to be here. There's a lot on my mind. Love that practice has started this week. I think practice is so important. Uh, I know we all appreciate the games being played, and, and, and November can't get here soon enough uh, for the fans. Practice is really, really um, ex- exciting at this time uh, for the coaches and for the players. So the the other issue is that the players want to play people too. They've been going in the spring. They've been going in the summer. They've been going in the fall. Now you have regular practice, 20 hours a week, and, and they're kind of anxious too. So as we're waiting for November – I'm sure the coaching staff and the players want to play people, whether it's a scrimmage or an exhibition or a real live game. They can't wait till November either. So just uh, crossing days off the calendar is what I'm thinking about. Okay, and now to my right, making his triumphant return to Assembly Call Radio. He's a columnist for the big lead and a co-host of The Hangover, but you know him as Indiana Radio's most opinionated, polarizing, over-the-top personality. I pretty much have an opinion on everything. He is Ryan Phillips. I do this for a living, trust me. Ryan, what is your rant this week? You mean polarizing in a positive way, right? Of course. It's the plus side of the of the polar the polls. I just mean uh, you have strong opinions and you make people take sides. Polarizing. It's I meant it. Yeah, the and they always possible. take my side or else they're wrong. <laughs> um, I I think this week really what is on everyone's mind is just the the fact that we're we're now it's started. Things have started and it's, it's a beginning. And uh, I think after Hoosier hysteria, we were talking about, and I brought this up and I'm glad Don Fisher echoed it uh, that this team is long athletic and deep. And, and it's, I think uh, it shouldn't surprise us just knowing who was coming in, but I guess seeing the product on the floor for the first time, even in a, you know, kind of fooling around setting. It wasn't a serious practice. It really did uh, sort of bring that to light. This team's got some 
serious depth and talent and, and a lot of length. And while I think we all look at this year with Romeo Langford as something that could potentially be really special, I've been talking about it for the last couple of months. I think next year is going to be just as exciting, if not more so, because there's so much depth and these guys are going to be back again with a year under their belts next year. Uh, I, I am really, really looking forward to that. But of course, uh, as Coach said, we're just peeling days off the calendar now. I've got my I've got my desk calendar that I'm just excitedly peeling days off every day. So, uh, really looking forward to what's going to come uh, over the next month and and as we get into games and everything. All right. Well, here's what we're going to talk about this week. We're going to talk a little bit about secret scrimmages, why you would have one over an exhibition game. We'll talk about the importance of Archie Miller naming and announcing captains. And then we're going to do some buy-sell on some of the most common narratives emerging from Media Day and Hoosier Hysteria. And then, as we always do in our last segment, we will answer your questions. All of that is coming this week on Assembly Call Radio. Before we start talking about secret scrimmages, I want to remind you about the best way to shop online for great deals on IU basketball and football tickets. Just remember this URL, iutickets.shop. It will take you right to SeatGeek, where you can immediately find the best deals on IU basketball tickets. Plus, you can search for IU football tickets, other sports tickets, concert tickets, and more. As a bonus, you can use the promo code ASSEMBLY to get $20 back after your first purchase. And just so you know, when you use that URL, iutickets.shop, we actually get paid a commission for referring you. Andy, quick, what's one word that you would use to describe that setup? Majestic. Nice. How about another one? Fantastic. Yes, majestic and fantastic, because all people have to do is use that URL, iutickets.shop, to access SeatGeek to buy their tickets, and we'll earn commissions that help us maintain and expand the show. So when you need tickets, visit SeatGeek and use our URL to do it, iutickets.shop. Once again, it is iutickets.shop. Thank you. Okay, so... News broke over the weekend. Jeff Goodman broke this news. I think he's at Stadium or WatchStadium.com now um, is where, where Jeff is doing his writing. But he broke the news that Indiana had scheduled a secret scrimmage with Loyola Chicago. And this is for sometime late in October, like October 27th or 28th, something like that. And coach, you know, I kind of started thinking, you know, and, and we see these secret scrimmages pop up. And I believe the rule is if you do one of those, then you can't have a second exhibition game. Like you couldn't do two exhibitions and then have a secret scrimmage. So I started thinking, why would you do a secret scrimmage that you can't invite fans to, you know, you can't open up the gates and make money on, why would you do one of those instead of an exhibition game? And you and I were just talking about this before we went on the air, so I, w- I thought you had some good insight on that. So, so why, why would Indiana do something like this? From a program standpoint, having a secret scrimmage is really good in developing the program, because the... the quarters and the segments can be scripted in agreement with the, the two coaches. If, if they want to see a, a pressing segment and, and those things, they get uh, the Loyola coach Moser and, and, and Archie Miller will get together. Their staffs will get together and kind of script out how they play. I'm sure the NCAA has some rules and how long it can go and so forth. But within that, the coaches can really use it as a glorified practice, only you're playing against other people. You get that on film, you get back in the film room, but the coaches can be on the court. A coach that has liberty to stop something in the middle. Uh, it's not dependent on television and, and officials and the 40-minute true game segment. I wouldn't want to see two secret scrimmages because I think you need to get some game-like reps in, and that's what's good about an exhibition. But I really think that it's important to to get game-like scenarios but a little more structured uh, in a in a practice setting, that's why I I think secret scrimmages are a good thing for most uh, programs to do. 
And Ryan, I feel like even though they're supposed to be secret, no one's supposed to know. I feel like we always find out like the scores or the results of them from, you know, on message boards and in different reports and things. So, you know, I'm trying to angle so somehow we can get in there and do a secret postgame show afterwards, but I don't think it's going to happen. So one one, one last... If it was a secret post game show, there'd be no promotion, Jared. Come on. You gotta think here. Do I have to do all the thinking on this? No, I We would I, make sure the chat mob got to see the secret post game show. That's well then I'd it wouldn't be a secret. <laughs> uh no, I mean, and they call these secret scrimmages. It's really just a closed door scrimmage. That's all it is. And and I mean, in high school, this is what scrimmages are, like preseason scrimmages almost certainly are, is you script out what's going to be the situation. You break it up, as, as, as Coach said. You break it into quarters, and maybe uh, you say, okay, hey, we'll agree to like not have anyone post up one-on-one in this segment. We'll just do driving and, and scoring off of that way. We'll, okay, uh, let's shorten the shot clock for everybody. Let's do this. And, and it just helps you with situational stuff. So uh, that's really the point, is, is that they can have a control over it. Because, hey, in a preseason scrimmage, we've seen this before, they just sometimes get out of hand, and you don't really work on anything you just run and and that's not what you want because you want to actually get better now look when sometimes you do want to get out and run and you want to do stuff like that but clearly if you're going to do something like this you want it to be more structured you want it to be more okay we're re we're we're, uh after the first quarter we're closing the score off it's starting zero zero again let's go out and do that you know i mean there are ways to do it and manipulate it so you get something out of it so it doesn't just turn into either a route or you know some guy fouls out and you really want him to keep playing and things like that. So there's all kinds of factors uh, that make it so a structured scrimmage is, is the right way. And so people are calling this a secret scrimmage. It's really just closed-door practice with another team, it feels like. And yeah, there might be a score, but I think you know, really it's just a practice with another team. And I'll tell you what, I mean, going back to when I was in high school, playing against other teams makes you so much better than playing against yourself because you're used to playing. It's the same guys. These guys have been playing together in some cases for two, three years and have been the, even the new guys have been playing all off season against the same guys, getting a new look, getting someone else thrown into the mix is a real positive. And so as many of those opportunities as you can take, whether it's public or closed door or whatever, you got to take them. Well, if they were playing an exhibition game, it would be a different opponent. But in this case, you're playing a team that made the final four last year in the yeah, of Chicago sure. and is still, you know, their preseason rankings at Bart Torvik were somewhere in the mid 60s. So, I mean, they're still supposed to be pretty good for quality opponent for, for sure. a team in their conference. So, I mean, I guess the way well, to look at it. Too. Yeah, I mean, no, for sure. I mean, I, I guess the way to look at it is it's one less time, you know, to see the team before the season starts, but hopefully it results in seeing them many more times at the end of the season, you know, because you get better and it pays dividends down the road. So, any final thoughts on the uh, on what we're now going to term the closed door scrimmage with another team instead of secret scrimmage? I mean, I just think that it's a good idea, and I understand why they're doing it. And I'm sure fans might be upset that we don't get to see Loyola in Indiana, but I think that that's it's just what it is, and and it's just another practice, and it's, we don't get to see practice day to day, so it's the same thing to me. Yeah, coach. Any final thoughts? I was always a big proponent, and I'd try to work with the coaches in high school not to keep score. Uh, mm. maybe set us, uh, you know, down five, uh, with a minute or so to go, but the score is really, when these things get reported, it really does not say, uh, a, a whole lot. So if Loyola scores more points than Indiana, that's not a whole lot to take into, uh, a concern because of the scripted nature. I promise we won't overreact if we, if yeah. we find out the score, whatever it is. All right. Coming up on the assembly call, we are going to discuss uh, something that was made public this week that hasn't been made public for as long as really anyone can remember. Team captains. Does it matter? If so, how much? We're going to discuss that next. Stick with us. 
You are listening to the Assembly Call. If you want to get replays of our show, listen to our daily Banner Morning IU news updates, or subscribe to our free IU basketball email newsletter, visit assemblycall.com. And if you ever want to watch the replays of our unedited live broadcast, then check out our YouTube channel. Those replays include all of the between-segment banner that doesn't make it into the radio show or podcast edit. And on a recent episode, that included Andy revealing some of his innermost thoughts and feelings. Dear Diary, today I... Now, what were those intimate uh, revelations? You'll have to check us out on YouTube to find out. I sat around and drank beer and watched basketball today. All right, fine. Or we'll just reveal them here. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Brian Tonsoni. And uh, coach, you know, you brought something up when we were planning uh, the episode to talk about, which was, you know, Archie named captains this week. Juwan Morgan, Zach McRoberts, they're going to represent Indiana at Media Day. They're also the captains. And no one can really remember, you know, the last time that captains were named or that they were announced. You know, as Alex Bozich noted right afterwards, this is the first time in at least the last 10 years that Indiana has publicly named team captains. Didn't happen under Tom Crean. It didn't happen last season either. So what is the importance? I mean, I, mean, I think we all understand, you know, kind of the importance of, of, of having team captains, you know, but what's the importance of kind of making that public? And given the context of what we've seen from this program just over the last few years, how important is this role that Juwan and Zach now have? I think it's an important role when, when you are named captain uh, of a program. I understand why coaches don't because leadership is just really hard to define and hard to teach. You try to do it as a coach. Uh, younger guys might be your better leaders, but even if you have a sophomore who's one of your better team guys, it's hard for a younger guy to be a true captain or a true leader. These are two seniors, uh, two seniors who have been through injuries and have been through a transfer. They've, th- they have come to Indiana and given Indiana everything they've got, and that's what Archie really appreciates. And so I think that's easily why they have been named captains. So the thing is – the big thing is a player-led team is always going to achieve more than a coach-led team. And when the players take care of the locker room, when the player takes care of uh, things that the coach doesn't have to worry himself with, then the coach can work on X's and O's and diagramming plays and doing all of those things. And, and, and it just makes for a better practice, a better cohesive team publicly I think it just shows those guys that the the coach uh, appreciates what they bring. And I think it's good for for recruiting saying that you come here and and stay for four years. We may bring in a Romeo. We may bring in some five stars. But there is a role for a good four-year player at Indiana to be a big part of what Indiana is trying to achieve, and that's to hang another banner. So I, I think that's fascinating that it was done. A lot of coaches have gone away from that. But I think that speaks volumes for what those two young men bring to the Indiana program and what we can see uh, coming here soon in November. Ryan, what does I mean, Juwan Morgan seems like a pretty obvious choice. What does it suggest, if anything, about Zach, Zach McRoberts role on this team that he's a captain? Like, does that I, it's, look, I mean, we all think that he's part of the rotation beginning the season. But that seems like a, a pretty strong statement of what Archie thinks of Zach. You said that Jawan was an obvious pick. I think Zach's an obvious pick too. I mean, given the work that that guy's put in, what you hear from Archie Miller when he taught, he glows when he talks about Zach McRoberts and um, you know, nothing to be concerned about. It's not like a nuclear thing. He's just happy. Uh, but it's, he is effusive in his praise of Zach and you know, he's another senior. And, and, and I think that senior leadership is something you're short on, on this team. And I think that, 
to have that and to have two guys like Juwan and Zach who know what college basketball is all about, know what their roles are and know what they can do, not just for themselves, but for the young players on the team. It's enormous. And as coach said, they're examples of what Hoosier basketball is about. I know Zach's only been here for a short period of time. Uh, You know, he hasn't been here the full four years, but he's a guy who has worked and earned everything he's gotten from this program. And and those are the kind of guys you want leading your team. I think captains are a good thing because on the court, you have someone you know is in charge. And it is interesting that, that IU, I did not, I was not aware that there hadn't been captains for that long. I, I think I knew there was a year or two. We didn't know who the captains were or who they, they didn't get announced, but I did not know it had been that long. And, and that's, kind of shocking and but it gives you two guys who everybody can go to who everyone can look to and who everybody knows are a leader and and i think that both those guys certainly fit that bill and it gives it gives guys something to aspire to a person to aspire to and a player to aspire to you're listening to assembly call radio i'm jared morris here with ryan phillips and the coach brian tonsoni let me ask you this coach do you think that there was any particular strategy with it this year because of the recruiting class that came in, you know, and it's such a ballyhooed recruiting class and you have a guy like Romeo who's going to get so much attention. Like he is undoubtedly the star of this team. Do you think this was at all Archie just kind of planting a flag that like, look, we've, you know, this young recruiting class, we've got the star in Romeo, but these guys are the leaders. And instead of just leaving it, not necessarily leaving it to chance, because I think Juwan has a strong enough personality and maturity and role on the team to take that on anyway, but this really solidifies it to everybody. Do you think that that maybe the incoming guys had anything to do with that or, or, or not at all? I think slightly, maybe, you, you know, you always want to take care of everyone and make sure everyone uh, sees their role and enjoys their role. And, and if the younger group is coming in as more heralded, that could cause problems and, and by naming captains, but I don't see that in Archie. I don't think Archie's going to play games. I think Archie named these guys captains because they are what Archie likes in his basketball players. They're seniors uh, more so that they've, They've been through the the grind for three years for McRobertson, four years for Morgan. I think it's more of that, and, and I don't know, uh, but I think it's more of that than we need to balance out the, you know, the notoriety or or, or make the seniors feel uh, important because the younger guys are being talked about a lot. I don't think Archie plays that way. I think Archie says, "Get on the line if you're Romeo, or get on the line if you're Juwan. If he's not doing well, you know." I, I, I just think that's what I see in Archie's a no nonsense guy. And he's not going to do something that's pretty. Uh, he's going to do something that is meaningful. And I think this naming captains was, was meaningful for the betterment of the program and to reward uh, guys. But I think it's long lasting. I don't think it's just this year. I think it's saying to guys like a Demise to Jerome guys that might not be a one and done two or done. You have potential in this program and are big in this program. And if you do what we ask you, to do you too can lead us to the next level uh so i think it's very calculated and very well done more so than it is um to to stop anything negative yeah i think i think i agree with coach i think that this is this is about the two guys who won the captaincy i i don't think it's about anybody else i think it's it's a reward for these two guys now the ancillary benefit is younger guys see okay if you step up 
you're going to be recognized for that. It's not, you're not just doing this to do it. And, and a guy, you know, the guy I thought of and, and coach of course mentioned, you know, younger guys like Demisi and Jerome Hunter and, and other guys. And there's certainly more guys who could, you know, Rob fantasy guys like that. Um, but the guy I thought it was Devonte green. I mean, he's a guy who, if he buys into the team concept, he can wind up being, I mean, you know, it's an honor forever. That that never leaves you when you say I was a captain at Indiana. That's a huge deal. And and it's a huge, you know, thing for your career. And and to look back at your career in four years and be one of the rare players who got to say, I was a captain at Indiana and I was picked by my coach to be a captain. It's not a popularity contest among your teammates. It's your coach rewarding you for your effort and what you've done and meant to the program. That's a big deal. And, and so it's something for these guys to look forward to that. Hey, that's going to live on long past me being out of here. I get to be on that list who, of guys who've been captain. Between the chat right now and the names that you guys just mentioned, I think about half of the remaining roster has been mentioned as potential captains for the future. You know, you guys mentioned Devonte. Obviously, there's a lot of young guys that that kind of feel like they have that in them. And I think maybe Coach, you know, quickly here, that kind of speaks to the culture change that that Archie has, has instituted as well, and some of the some of the guys that he is brought in, and also to the credit of 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 the staff before, you know, some of the guys that were holdovers from that staff as well. Because one guy that we haven't mentioned, who I think is almost certain to be a captain at some point, is Al Durham. I mean, he's got captain written all over him when he's a senior. Yeah, and it's another signal too that you got to withstand the struggle. Uh, even though they're a talented freshman group, they're going to struggle to adapt to practice. They're going to struggle in games. And Jawan has struggled, and Zach has struggled at Vermont, and then taking a year off, and then walking on, and to fight through the struggles. And you can be productive. I really think that's it. It is a great message that Archie's sending for two great men who represent Indiana basketball. Absolutely. Well, let's remember- hey, Ryan, we got a break. Oh, okay. We got a break. All right. Coming up, those of you who are listening on the radio Friday night may be switching over to high school football. Uh, so be sure to catch the replay at assemblycall.com. For everyone else, we're dissecting some common post-hysteria narratives, starting with a couple of guys in the backcourt. Stick with us here on the Assembly Call. Welcome back to the Assembly Call. I want to let you know real quick that if you are a serious IU Hoops fan, then you need to be subscribed to our free IU basketball email newsletter. There's a high-level operation going on out there. You will get our six-banner Sunday news roundups as well as our detailed post-game analysis emails once the season begins. This content is why more than 6,000 of your fellow IU fans are already subscribed. And joining them is easy. Just text IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. That's IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. Make no excuses. Can we get some basketball, please? Okay, back to talking IU basketball. I am Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Brian Tonsoni. And, you know, we're coming off a week where we had media day. We had Hoosier hysteria. So after a long offseason, yeah, we've gotten a few snippets via social media, but this was really the first time that we got to hear from guys. We got to see guys play. So there's been a lot of narratives that have emerged since media day and since Hoosier hysteria. And so... Let's run through some of those and let's do a little buy, sell or hold, uh, you know, kind of how you're feeling about these narratives. The first one that I want to bring up is about Devontae Green. 
and and it's this narrative about you know Devonte really being fully bought into Archie's program and ready to be consistent. You know, we heard comments from Archie, heard comments from Devonte about how last year it really took him a little while to transition to the new staff and to really buy in to trust what was going on, and that when he did, we saw some of those better performances in February. And Archie said it led to a really consistent offseason. And and what he hopes, obviously, is more consistent point guard play from Devonte this season. So, Ryan, we'll start with you. Are you buying or selling a more bought-in and consistent Devonte Green once the season begins? Well, everybody keeps saying it, so I kind of have to buy it and take them at their word. I, I think that we kind of have all been waiting for that to happen with Devonte, and there were times last year where it looked like that was happening, and then you know you'd have setbacks it was it was you know two steps forward one step back at at every you know what seemed like every other game but from what we've heard from Archie and what we've heard from Devonte it really seems like he has matured a lot he's a lot more focused and i don't think that him not being bought in was a, a choice i think it was just kind of the going about things the way he'd always gone about it as a player and i think that this offseason sort of woke him up to being a more mature guy and being a more focused guy. And, and so, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I, I think that that's absolutely something I've got to buy just because everybody seems to be saying the right things here. And, and that's a real positive for Indiana. So, and I've been really positive about Devante contemplating even joining the fan club, but like, I think on this one, I'm going to hold not because I don't believe what everybody's saying. That's like a fair stance. It's a fair stance. Yeah, and it's only because yeah, I, I kind of want to see it. Like, I got caught up at the beginning of last year talking myself into the idealized version of every player. And it bit me in the rump. It bit a lot of us in the rump because that team wasn't nearly as good as we thought they could be because a lot of guys, you know, just kind of played how they were. You know, we didn't necessarily see big jumps. And so I just, I kind of want to see it from a guy who's been so inconsistent over two years, but I do feel positive. So it's like a hold buy. It's like, I'm ready to buy, but I just kind of want to hold and see it. Because if you recall last year, we saw Hoosier Hysteria, the exhibition games, he was just outrageously good. And then, you know, struggled once the season starts. So I want to be fully in, but I can't like fully embrace it. So I'm going to classify myself as a hold coach. Let me, well, let me quickly add just one thing about this that I think is a factor for me. It's that the guys around him are going to be better. So he doesn't have to do as much when he's on the floor last year. That's true. He got, he got in trouble when he tried to force the action as opposed to just orchestrating. And I think this year he's really not going to have to do that as much. And he kind of had to, because we had so few offensive options last year. Exactly. Coach. I'm probably a hold sell. Um, Whoa. If you can uh, not, not to bring any negativity uh, until I see it, until I see it consistently, uh, that's going to be a key issue for Indiana basketball. In my opinion is, is point guard play and specifically Devonte green. Sometimes it's hard to, to get a player to change the way he plays. And, uh, that is going to be a task that Archie's going to be working on. That's going to be a task. I agree with everything that everyone said. It looks good. Um, but at times last year, it, it, it looked good. And with Al pushing and Fennessy pushing, there's really very little room for him not to do it. But I'm kind of in a hold pattern leaning the other way just because a lack of consistency. All right, so there's Devonte. Let's talk about another well, way to guy. bring that way to bring that enthusiasm <laughs> crashing down. Yeah, no, I should have yeah. started with you. 
Okay. So, who's your hysteria? Devontae Green. we got to make a list of things that Coach is down on right now. Um, okay. Uh, Al Durham. I'm not, down on, I'm not down on him. I'm just from a coaching standpoint. The Changing players like that is a really difficult task. Yeah, we understand. We're just messing yeah. with you. Right. <laughs> get it. So I just want to make I, I've caught a lot of the Hoosier hysteria stuff and had, you know, du- ducked Megan and I had to duck the wings at Buffaloes the other night. So, clarify <laughs> that a little bit. Okay, uh, let's talk about another backcourt guy. So, Al Durham. Uh, and the narrative has kind of been that he is maybe the most improved returning player, ready to shoulder a bigger load. A lot of people have been talking about his shot form. Shoot, I had uh, Kent in our in our uh, community, Ryan, asked if Al's been working with the shot doctor. Uh, he asked if that's where you've been, if you've been taking secret meetings to work with Al because his shot is a lot better. I have not gotten a call. Not yet. Still. Not yet. So, Coach, we're going to start with you on this one. Uh, are you buying or selling Al Durham? As, let me say I want to phrase this. Al Durham as one of the most improved returning players and someone who's a definite for the rotation. I'm That's, buying uh, I'm going to buy that Al Durham is the is the most improved. The, the word most is difficult because I think a lot of players will show improvement. Yeah. But his shot just looked consistent the other day. He looks to be in a lot better physical shape as all of our all of the players do. But uh, yeah, he looked solid uh, in, in the scrimmage and in the three point contest. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that. Ryan. You buying, Al? I, you know, I'm kind of in a hold spot with him, not because I don't think he'll be improved, but this on our sheet, it says the most improved returning player. I don't know if he'll be the most improved returning player. I think we may have to go with a guy we're going to talk about in a minute, and so I'll bust it out then. Uh, but I think that he's, I, th- I think he's going to be improved, and I think there's no doubt. I don't know if anyone's questioning if he's going to be in the rotation. He'll be in the rotation. Yeah, that that was a silly thing to say. He's a he's a lock for the rotation. Yeah, he'll be in the rotation for sure. So I I don't have. Uh, yeah, I'd say that I, I'll, I'll hold on it because I think that he's going to be improved and he'll be good and he'll certainly be a part of the rotation, but I, I don't know if he's the most improved player. Yeah, I'm going to hold it too. I, the early returns are good, but what I want to see from Al is being able to do it when the talent level you know, kind of ratchets up, the games get a little bit tougher. Can he still be as aggressive? Because what I thought he lost in the second half of last season was some of that aggression. And yeah, he didn't make the big mistakes. But his confidence kind of ebbed and flowed. And when he was confident and took it to the home, I and we've talked about the numbers, how good he was in pick and rolls and driving to the basket. Like he's got some things he does. That really right-handed well. floater, man. That yeah. But you know, if he can, if his jump shot really is improved, then that's really going to open some things up for him. So, you know, it's kind of a hold by kind of like I am with Devante, but I think with both of those guys, I just want to see it because I think it becomes so easy to get caught up in the offseason narratives. You can forget what you actually saw with your own two eyes when they were playing last year. So I just I want to see it from those two guys first. But I think what's really encouraging is Indiana's guard play could be a lot better than what we think if these guys live up to what's been talked about in the offseason. And that's a big sign because that's this team's biggest question mark. And if they can answer that question, it's a team that has top 10 talent. You know, So it's going to be really interesting to see. Okay, uh, let's talk next about San Diego guy, Evan Fitzner. So Evan Fitzner, he is just wowing everybody with a shooting stroke. It is, you know, just people are writing poetry about it. They're singing songs about it. They're making sculptures of it. I mean, it's just, it's taking Bloomington by storm. So Ryan, I will start with you since you are our resident Evan Fitzner expert, since he's a San Diego guy. Um, Are you buying Evan Fitzner as a starter? 
I, I'd like to apologize to everyone I know who went to Francis Parker High School in, in San Diego, one of my high school's rivals. I will say, no, I don't believe he's going to be a starter. Uh, maybe due to injury early in the season when you know nobody has stepped up to really fill the Duran Davis role, maybe he starts a little bit. But if we're talking like in general, in the meat of the season, I don't think he's a starter. I think he's a specialist off the bench, a guy who can stretch the floor. He's got enough length to do some stuff defensively, but I just don't think he's going to be a guy they're going to be relying on for 25 30 minutes a game. I really think that he's going to be a guy who comes off the bench, can stretch the floor for you, spreads everything else out. And most importantly, I know a lot of people are really excited about his shot, but what having a big guy like that on the perimeter does is it opens up driving lanes for everybody else because you pull that defensive big man out of the middle, opens up, makes the the paint just wide open. And I think that that is what his biggest contribution is going to be. Because if you look at the number of three-point shots guys make in a season, their ability to stretch the floor is far more important than actually hitting the shots because it opens up the offense. And that's something that Indiana did not have last year. And it allowed everybody to collapse the paint and make it really difficult for this team to score. Getting guys like Fitzner and other shooters on this roster are a big deal because you need them to stretch the stretch the court out, stretch that defense out. So I am I am selling him being a starter, but I'm I'm buying him being a key piece uh, off the bench. Yeah, we, we got this question on the podcast on the Brink Mailbag we did. And I, I kind of said I was, it was a question similar to this. I kind of said I was siding toward him maybe being a starter. But now with the announcement of McRoberts as a captain, and I think thinking more about, you know, what does Archie value the most? Archie values defense. And so I think it's going to be one of those two guys who's starting because Devontae, Romeo, Jawan, and Justin are going to be starting. So I think it's between McRoberts and Fitzner for the other starting spot. And I think you can make the case that maybe Archie wants better shooting and, and you know, would want to have a guy like Fitzner in there. But I think Archie's primary, his priority would be getting off to a good start defensively. And Zach McRoberts is his defensive tone setter and it's his captain. So I think Zach starts and Evan, you know, comes in off the bench. And obviously when you have a guy who can come out, come in off the bench and knock down a couple of threes, that can provide you some good momentum. So I'm going to sell this. But Ryan, like you said, buy him as a huge key piece of the rotation. Um, it may be a little matchup dependent, but I think he's going to be a really important uh, player all season long. Coach, what do you think about Evan? As a starter, I'm in I'm in a hold pattern until you see what the rotations are. Uh, sometimes your best uh, five guys, your best unit is not who you start. And to bring a guy off the bench who can knock down threes can give you a boost at that 12, 13, 14-minute mark when people need a rest. So that's why he wouldn't come off. And I think it's going to depend a lot on defense. If he can guard and shoot, then then he might have a chance to, to move in. It's going to be interesting. Is Archie going to go with the smaller five? Uh, or is he going to put a big in the in the five spot? Uh, the guy we're going to talk about next, I think, has a chance as well, possibly, of moving into that starting rotation. But with the depth, you have uh, starters are nice. Bench players might even be better and, and better at playing against the second unit of the opponents. So um, I, I'm going to hold on that. I think he's good enough to, to be a starter at, at some point. I think he's probably better off the bench, but we'll have to – I'm going to hold. You're listening to the Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and the coach Brian Tonsoni. We're doing some buy sell on some of the most common post media day and Hoosier hysteria narratives. Ryan, did you want to jump in and make one final point on Fitzner? Yeah, I, I think that one thing you have to remember with Fitzner is that he might, as you said, it could be matchup dependent. He could come, he could start a few games, but I, I don't. I think if you're looking at okay, who are the starters? Like the guys you point to, the five guys who will start the most games. I don't put him in that category. But yeah, if if there's a matchup dependent, if there's another you know stretch four, stretch five that you need to defend, 
maybe he's the better guy because he has those long arms and can get out there and defend it a little better than some of the other guys. But I don't think that that's a guy who's going to be consistently in the starting lineup. Okay, let's hit a couple more of these here pretty quickly. Uh, Ryan, we'll start with you on this one. Race Thompson, are you buying or selling Race Thompson being ready for a spot in the rotation? Right I, I'm buying no matter how expensive it is. Uh, <laughs> this is a guy, it, we talked about who's going to be the most improved player, and I think that you have to throw Race Thompson in that based on what we saw in high school and then what we saw in Hoosier Stereo, what we're hearing from people. We've been talking him up you know, since he stepped on campus last year and redshirted, uh, I just think that there's so much there that this guy can do. And I, I think he could be angling for a spot in the starting lineup. I mean, he's just such a well-rounded player and he's bigger than he looks on, on, on film. He's bigger than he looks. Uh, he looked in high school. He's certainly gotten uh, the physical part going for him. And, and yeah, it'll take him some time to adjust, adjust once the games are real. But uh, I think this guy's going to be real good for the, for Indiana coach. You look excited over there. I, I'm buying big time as well. Uh, I think, I just think spending that year as a red shirt, we've talked about the programs that have done that. I think that's a benefit. And he, he wasn't just someone coming in, learning the ropes. He was very talented in high school uh, and then gets a whole year uh, to, to get ready. And I think Jared, you mentioned something on the Hoosier hysteria post game about, I think he was guarding Justin at one point and, mm-hmm. and, and made it difficult. And Justin takes a, a questionable 15 footer uh, didn't allow him to go baseline. If he can guard a three, four and a five, and he can knock down a, a, maybe a 15-footer, and they say he can stretch out to three a little bit, maybe not super consistent. He I mean, he did in high school. Yeah, so, you know, that's just like – that's a defense and, and and not to the level of Fitzner shooting, but another threat. And if he can score with his back to the basket some, I just think that's a guy that's really going to move up the, the, the rotation. Uh, again, maybe more as the season goes on. Yeah, that's a big buy. Yeah, and Archie just loves his physicality, his willingness to mix it up. Everyone in the chat agreed, so I think we all pretty much agree that Race is going to be a rotation guy. Okay, one more for the segment. There's probably others that we can get to. Maybe we'll do it on a future episode, but one more here. How about Jake Forrester? Or Coach, we'll start with you. Are you buying Jake Forrester being ready for a spot in the rotation? Maybe not at the start of the season, but let's say by Big Ten play, are you buying Jake Forrester as a guy who is playing a key role on this team? I'm going to sell that, but questionably sell that. I think Jake's going to be an energy guy. I think he's going to find his role uh, to come in at some point and give energy. And I don't know that by Big Ten season he'll be part of the regular rotation. It wouldn't surprise me from what I we've heard. Don Fisher on the on the docket show was really talking about him, and and there's been nothing but uh, good things coming out of the Indiana camp about Forster. But there's you know you're talking nine to ten. And, and Archie might start with eight until everyone gets on board. Uh, I think there's a lot to learn. He was impressive at Hoosier Hysteria. It would not shock me if I was wrong on that. But I think he's going to be a guy that Archie's going to throw in there to get a little juice going, to get a little spark going offensively, defensively. And the freshman inconsistency still concerns me, a la Al Durham and Justin Smith, with him being a, a huge part of the rotation. Ooh, Chad, uh, or, or Ryan, Chad just said Jake is a Sheehy-type energy guy off the bench. Buying or selling Will Sheehy comparisons, player comps for Jake Forrester. Selling, so <laughs> heavily selling. Uh, Forrester, I'm going to hold on, though, as far as a rotation spot. I, a, I haven't seen enough, I, I, and I think that's just fair at this point to not seen enough. And B, as Coach said, I mean, not everyone can play. There's going to be limited minutes, and if we're looking at a key spot in the rotation, 
I just think he's he might be the odd man out, not because of his ability, but just because this is a loaded roster. We've talked about it. There's a lot of guys on this roster who can play. And so I'll, I'm going to sell for now, or I mean, a hold for now, but I, I really have to see some more. Yeah. Um, I'm in the same boat with you, Ryan. I think there, there's a lot of potential there, but there's just, and we're going to talk about this. We have a question coming up that talks about the rotation. And so we'll get into some of that. It may be hard for him to crack it just because of the experience issue and how much talent uh, is going to be around him. All right, uh, coming up in our final segment, we're going to answer some of your questions, uh, including the importance of Rob Finnessy's development and the guys that we think are most likely to be left out of Indiana's rotation when it shortens come Big Ten play. That's next. Stick with us. listening to the assembly call we are wrapping up another week of talking iu basketball i'm jared morris here with ryan phillips and the coach brian tonsoni it is time to answer your questions remember you can always send us questions via twitter or you can leave us a voicemail with a question throughout the week uh just call the number 317-762-6253 that is 317 rob make and you can leave us a voicemail and we will Get your voicemail on the air. And so we will start out with uh, the one voicemail question that was submitted this week. And this comes from Josh. Here is Josh. Hey there, Assembly Call crew. Uh, my name is Josh Wilson, a longtime fan of the show. Uh, and I really enjoy our chat mob family that we've put together. Um, quick question. Um, I think Peaks put it out today uh, about Rob Fennessy and how a lot of veterans have said he has come the furthest. How, I mean, how important is it going to be for him to be successful and come through those freshman growing pains. So I appreciate it. Love the show. And as always, thanks, guys. Coach, let's go to you first on this. You obviously coached against Rob Finnessy when he was in high school. And we were just you know talking about him in the scrimmage and how he didn't necessarily stand out. But yet all of the reports that you hear from people who have seen practices, you know, they've really just been effusive in their praise of Rob. His teammates, you know, as Josh alluded to, have really talked about how solid he is. We talked earlier in the show about the improvement that, that we are hoping for from Devontae and Al. So given all of that, how important is it that Rob comes in and is able to be a productive player as a freshman? I think it's it's extremely important because I think he's a true point guard, which is run the offense first, score when you have to second. I think Devontae likes to score a little bit, and he will run the offense. And I think L is a good point guard. Uh, but I think Finnessy is that true point guard and watching him when we played against him, he took the whole first half getting everyone else shots as, as you know, the defense was set against him. And then later as, as adjustments were made, then he got his own points. I, I just like the mentality uh, that I saw as a high school senior. It's a lot different in college, but that if he progresses, as people are saying, he pushes the other point guards. And I'm telling you, point guard play is going to be a very, very, very important uh, for Indiana. So as good as he gets, he makes the others better and pushes them and plays well himself. I think it makes Indiana better. Ryan, do you have anything on this? Yeah, I, I think that his most valuable a- a contribution, I think he'll be fine on the floor, but I think the most valuable thing he's going to do is push Devontae Green. And I think that if you have somebody forcing Devontae Green to get better 
that's the best solution here for, for Indiana's point guard woes. And that, that is to push the starter to be better and competition breeds that. And, and I think we've seen it everywhere. Every great program competition breeds that you want to know why Alabama is good in football every year, because their practices are harder than some of their games. Like it's just, it's having guys pushing you and knowing that you constantly need to get better. Cause there's a guy right behind you that's coming to take your job. And, and so it's about, going up against the best in practice, improving, and then knowing you have to constantly be improving or you're going to lose your spot. So I think that's going to be his most most valuable asset this year. But I think moving forward, he's going to be a fantastic player for Indiana because he is that true point guard, that pass-first point guard that I think every great program needs to have. Uh, Let's hit Lauren's question real quick. We'll just do this as buy-sell. She says, do you think the free throw percentage will go up this season as a team? I just want to say, I don't even want to fathom it. Not, I think if the free throw percentage doesn't go up, I might be looking for a new program to cheer for because it can't get any worse. So can we all just at, at once say buy that we're buying the free throw percentage on this team going up? If you sell it, you're never allowed on the show again. Yeah. And, and, and if it doesn't happen, oh my, let's, let's just not even fathom that. So yes, we do think the free throw percentage will go up. And it's not just like wishful thinking. It's because guys who shot really poorly last year, Deron Davis, Jawan Morgan, have a track record of being better free throw shooters than that. And I just think overall, the shooting will be better this year. Based it just on felt contagious last year. Yeah, it, it really did. felt contagious. It did. Uh, okay, so this question is from Robert. So after seeing the scrimmage last weekend, who are the three to five guys that you see being left out of the rotation after this season? Ryan, do you want to you want to take this real quick? I mean, I'll tell you right now. You know, I and, and tell me if you disagree with any of these. In for sure, I have Juwan, Romeo, Zach, Justin, Evan Fitzner, Devontae Green, and Al Durham. I have those guys in the rotation for sure. In probably. I have Robert Fennessy, Race Thompson, and Jerome Hunter. I can already see where you're probably going to add Race to in for sure. And the question marks to me are Clifton Moore, Demise Anderson, Jake Forrester, and Deron Davis. Um, I don't think I left anybody out, but let me know if I did. I think your first eight are right. I think it's going to be Morgan, Langford, uh, McRoberts, Justin Smith, Evan Fitzner, Devontae Green, Al Durham. But I also think that Race is definitely going to be in, Race Thompson. And then Jerome Hunter and Finnessy. I think Finnessy has to be because you need a backup point guard, a true backup point guard. And I don't see Al Durham as a pure point guard. So I think that you're going to have Finnessy and Durham likely playing in the backcourt together. Uh, We're at and, nine. And that, that's already a nine-man yeah. rotation right there. Well, that's eight. That, yeah, that's nine. And and then Clifton That's not Moore, even counting. That's, well, that's not counting Jerome. It, or Duron Davis. Yeah, or Duron uh, Davis. So we got some talent this year, fellas. Yeah, and 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 look, there's a chance that maybe somebody redshirts. There's a ch- there's always going to be injuries. You don't. I mean, you don't want to talk about that. But there's always going to be guys who miss, even if they're not out for the season. They miss six games because of whatever. So those things work themselves out as far as having a normal rotation. It's it's a great problem to have is to have too many guys, and, and it feels like that's what they have right now. Uh, but I, I think that you've got to look at that top, you know, six or seven and say that's pretty solid. But those bench guys, those deeper bench guys, hey, with the way teams play nowadays, up and down, you need a lot of depth. I mean, you know, you're you're making line changes sometimes, and, and so uh, it, it's great that they have that depth. And a guy like Jawan won't have to play 35 minutes if he doesn't have to. And and it could be matchup dependent. You know, when Duran gets healthy, there may be games he plays twenty minutes, and there may be games he plays two because the matchup just isn't right. Yeah. So same thing with Fitzner. Now um, well, Fitzner will probably play more just because of the shooting. But coach, what do you see? You know, Archie said something that uh, if this team's going to be as good as it it can be, they need to play nine to ten guys and that, that team chemistry fit right. Well, when you had your top seven, and I agree that race has to be in the top eight. 
Then it is freshman progression. Finnessy, Jerome, Demisey, Jake. And I, I see that being Finnessy, Jerome, Jake. How are they playing as freshmen? We saw Al again and 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 Justin go up and down. When, when these freshmen are up, they're going to be in that 9 or 10. When they're down, they might be that 11th guy. But that would be the 11 right there. Uh, I think Clifton Moore's got a lot of work to do. Demisey Anderson's got a lot to work to do. And Duran's got to get healthy. Those are probably the bottom three. And then it's just uh, how they're doing, uh, how they're playing and, and pushing each other. But I think those eight are definitely the eight that the season will start off in some in some fashion. Yeah. All right, this is from Anthony. He says, if we're lucky enough to land Keon Brooks, uh, and I, I don't think it'll be lucky. I think if we land Keon Brooks, it's going to be because the staff does an outstanding job recruiting. Um, and, of course, we have the in-state bonus. But if we land Keon Brooks, do you see enough skill versatility between he, Jerome Hunter, and Justin Smith to play everyone decent minutes between the, the three, the four, and even the two? Do any of them have the shooting and foot speed needed to play the two? So, Ryan, as you fantasize forward and you like looking at next season and how good it could be, say Keon's here. Do you see he, Jerome Hunter, and Justin Smith being able to play together? Well, I think the 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 problem with this question from Anthony is that he assumes that guys have to fit into a two, three, four role. I, I think that they're versatile enough to sort of play that swing perimeter. Like you don't need a shooting guard on the floor. You just need wings and a guy who can sort of sneak down to the post. And really, I think all three can do that. And 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 with Jerome, if you're asking me who is the most likely to play a shooting guardish role, I think it's probably Jerome Hunter uh, of those three. But those three guys can all be wings for Indiana and all be perimeter versatile guys who can get inside and out. And so I think that that's that's what we're going to see. I think there's certainly those guys can play together. We're moving to a point in basketball where the numbers, the one, two, three, four, five, are gone. It's a guy who can bring the ball up, wings and a post, maybe. So that's that's what I think, and and I think that certainly those guys could all play together, and it'd be Co- really fun. To, it'd be really fun to watch. Coach, quickly, how bad would the nightmare be if you had to face a team with those three wings able to play at the same time? Uh, with that kind of size and length, side, it'd be a nightmare. But I'm wearing Indiana. It's going to be great to see. I think Jerome is the is the two. They're trying to work him in with the guards uh, now this season with with that idea this year and possibly next year. Length, athleticism is great. Bring it on. Yep. Okay. Well, that'll do it for us on this week's episode of The Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. Or you can always subscribe to our podcast by searching for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget, go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We will be back to talk IU hoops again with you next week. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com support that lists five ways that you can support the Assembly Call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating, and so many of you have donated, and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, 
Another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show, we appreciate it. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.